you are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 12th of July. The league never stops. Russell Westbrook is a rocket. We try to digest it. It's all coming up on Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and a look that hopefully makes it better to be a Jazz fan. Well, I wasn't entirely planning to pod today, but Russell Westbrook has been traded from the Oklahoma City Thunder to the Houston Rockets in exchange for Chris Paul, two first-round picks, and two pick swaps. And that is pod worthy. So from a hotel room in San Diego, California, while the family gets kicked out of the room, I'm bringing you a pod today. Uh, not a lot of jazz stuff here, just all kind of a breakdown of this massive deal, what it means and how it impacts the Western Conference. Uh, and we'll look at it from a bunch of different angles and kind of go as long as we need to. Uh, let's look at it from Houston's situation. First is, it got, you know, everyone loves to believe that reporters are wrong and stories aren't true. And the Chris Paul, James Harden stories were out this year. That those two guys were not getting along. That they were having trouble together. And that Chris Paul had requested a trade. Now, Chris, I think the first thing that happened at that point is that Daryl Morey did shop Chris Paul. He had made it clear everyone was available and he could not move Chris Paul. The Chris Paul contract was a problem. The owner of the Rockets wants is suddenly very very involved, has been all offseason, has been from the moment they did not beat the Golden State Warriors this year. He has been forefront even if you kind of read the news stories he's on fox television today talking about the russell westbrook deal as the lead spokesperson not in a press conference not in any other mold so he is to, he is a new owner took over for the less alexander and he has become prominent in everything that's going on with the houston rockets he's making a ton of decisions and he wanted out of that chris paul deal he wanted out of the Chris Paul contract. So from the Rocket standpoint, the first thing here is they've got Harden and Chris Paul that don't get along anymore. You've got Chris Paul, who is notoriously difficult for people to get along with. That's what happened to him in L.A. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Trevor Ariza and Luke Bamute did not re-sign to play with him for a second year when they'd already played with him before. And he and Harden aren't getting along. You'd go and shop Chris Paul's contract and game, and he's clearly aging, and you get nothing on the marketplace. I really think they got nothing on the marketplace. And more importantly, what they got on the marketplace was that they were going to have to attach numerous draft picks on Chris Paul's contract to be able to move Chris Paul's contract. So now... Russell, Paul George happens, he goes, Russell Westbrook is clearly on the market, and Daryl Morey and Houston 
jump and say, wait a sec, we can move Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. If we're going to move Chris Paul anyway, it's going to cost us at least a pick or two. So instead, they acquire Russell Westbrook. And to some extent, when you look at this trade, what you have to look at is say, it's Chris Paul to Oklahoma City, but it's Chris Paul with a draft pick or two for taking Chris Paul's contract to Oklahoma City, and it's Russell Westbrook to Houston in exchange for a first-round draft pick and maybe a pick swap? Like, maybe maybe that's the way. So that for taking Chris Paul, you had to give them a first-round pick and a pick swap, and getting Russell Westbrook, you give him a first-round draft pick and a pick swap. And, and I think... I, I, I'm not convinced that Russell Westbrook's market, frankly, was a first-round draft pick and a pick swap, but it, if you're in Houston's situation, and that's, to some extent, you're not paying a lot for Russell Westbrook, and this is probably the best deal that Oklahoma City could get for Russell Westbrook because by taking Chris Paul's contract and now having to deal with that, and we'll get to that in a little bit, they now have you know yet another set of picks. So from Houston's standpoint, they have a bad relationship. They have an aging CP3 contract that's an albatross. They have an owner that's blatant, come out and taken all their bargaining away, saying we're not standing pat. He screwed up his negotiation with his head coach this year and said we're going. And so they pull the deal off. So Russell Westbrook and James Harden are now together again in Houston, and this league is crazy. This league is crazy. Let's look at it from Oklahoma City standpoint. It's over. It's incredible. The run that started with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant then became Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, Paul George. I mean, remember that? Carmelo to Oklahoma City was supposed to be this genius move. And and it and I think this one's relevant to today when we get into the analysis of this move, not the analysis of why the move happened. But remember Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, and Paul George. And I came out and said, you just got a lot worse by getting Carmelo Anthony. Same thing last year. And it and no one wanted to believe it. That can't be true. That's Carmelo. Well, maybe the same is going to be true for Russell Westbrook when we start breaking this one down. We'll get to that in a second, but I think that's worth remembering. The Oklahoma City must have found limited market for Russell Westbrook. Because, as we talked about earlier, they really just traded Russell Westbrook for either kind of two pick swaps or a first-round draft pick. Like, that's about all they got. Because the Chris Paul contract was worthy of being hit with some picks, too. So I'm not sure that Oklahoma City, when they went and shopped, had a great market for Russell Westbrook. There were limited places, I think, where they could find a spot for Russell Westbrook. And so they pounced on this. And they now have just an insane amount of picks. 15 picks between 2020 and 2026. 15 first-round picks. What they do with them, we'll see. 
But it's pretty incredible that the Thunder are done. Completely, 100% done as a contender. And I, I mean, the only way that they pull can build this franchise back up because nobody is signing to play in Oklahoma City. Nobody. I mean, it is the, it is the least, it and Memphis are the two, and Salt Lake's not that great, but in the NBA player mind, but it's not Memphis and it's not Oklahoma City. And so Oklahoma City has these picks, and that's their only hope to rebuilding. And what's interesting to one extent of what's happening here is Houston, the Lakers, and the Clippers have basically traded the rights to all of their entire draft for like a four- or five-year span. The Clippers, Lakers, and Rockets will not be getting any young talent at all. And the the impact that has on the entire Western Conference, I mean, these three franchises have gone for it now because the Warriors' door is open, and the Warriors had to give up some picks too. And you wonder whether or not it, it if it like it can't work for all of them. So these franchises are without pick assets for an extended period of time. It will be interesting to see how much that impact. The Lakers have been that way for a long time. That's why they're terrible. And so there's a chance that you're suddenly taking three of the 15 teams of the Western Conference and conceding that five years from now they're going to be awful. And they're powerhouse franchises. Well, other than the Clippers, which are now. So it's pretty interesting. Oklahoma City might be playing this long game, and other teams, including the Jazz, might have to start thinking about whether or not there's some gap here that you're going to be able to get while everyone else is giving away their picks. And now you hoard your picks a little bit more than you would otherwise. All right. Is it possible that Russell Westbrook makes the Rockets worse am I really going to come out on this podcast and tell you that the Houston Rockets are less good with Russell Westbrook than they are with an aging Chris Paul I'll tell you about it and decide whether I really want to go there when we continue today's show is brought to you in part by Murdoch Hyundai the Tucson and the Santa Fe have got amazing deals going on right now the Hyundai car brand is just something special and the reason I tell you it's something special is because we've actually experienced it myself the very first day when I sat down with the Murdoch family got to meet all of their friends and and who they all their family excuse me and and who they were and find out about you know what this group is I didn't know much about Hyundai at that point in fact I think I even had to make sure I was going to pronounce it right when I went into that meeting. And what did I discover? I discovered a brand that gets you amazing quality, gets you great, incredible safety features, and fabulous cars. And now I own a Hyundai Santa Fe. Bought it for my son. Or bought it for the family. My son drives it. Yeah, I'm trying to keep the facade up. We all know the truth. My spoiled brat 16-year-old kid got a brand new car because it had every safety feature imaginable. And after I saw a 16-year-old drive, I was like, we're putting every safety feature out there. So if you want that same Tucson or Santa Fe, it's 0% APR for 72 months on Murdoch's and Hyundai's award-winning Tucson and Santa Fe. The 2019 Elantra starting at just $13,990. And a fun thing, for the entire month of July, you receive $500 Visa gift card when you finance your Murdoch vehicle through Golden West 
Credit Union. It's all at Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State Street, also located in Linden and in Logan. Remember, Locked on NBA has a breakdown of the trade as well with Anthony Irwin and Adam Modest. Locked on Rockets. Ben DeBose does a great job. He'll be interesting, and he's always optimistic. And Eric G will have the Locked on Thunder. He said he wanted, on Locked on NBA on Monday, he said he wanted to see that trade go down and uh, and see Russell Westbrook move. He's got it. The Thunder done. So is it possible that I'm going to sit here and tell you that the Houston Rockets, by trading Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul, are less good? That's a hard one. If you look at wins over replacement, Russell Westbrook is a better player than Chris Paul. Russell Westbrook plays with an awesome force to his game. Russell Westbrook plays with an energy and a pizzazz that forces everyone around him to play hard. Does Russell Westbrook make any of his teammates better? I'm not sure. In fact, the track record says no. Now, at the same time, Kevin Durant won an MVP with Russell Westbrook and Paul George was third in the voting with him, but also we've seen numerous, numerous players leave Oklahoma City and get better. But yesterday on the show, I took a run at points gained. And when I looked at the points gained, and points gained is the points that an individual player scores more than what an average player in the NBA would score using the same possessions. So if you use 15 possessions a game, what would the average player in the league would score compared to what you score with those 15 possessions? Combine that usage of all those players together, and I got team ratings. And the number one offense in the Western Conference was the Houston Rockets. Number one offense was the Houston Rockets. Number two was the Clippers. The Warriors actually held at three. Number four was the Lakers as long as Rondo doesn't have a role. And number five was the Jazz. Nuggets were six, surprisingly. And if you now add Russell Westbrook and the 27 possessions he uses a game, the 23 scoring opportunities he uses a game, at a rate that is one of the least efficient of any guard in the NBA, any player in the NBA. And so he's using, he is a high usage, low efficiency player with an, in the 23 scoring opportunities that Russell Westbrook had last year. He scored 2.7 points fewer, less than the average player in the NBA. And you know who had become the average player in the NBA? Chris Paul. Chris Paul, points gained was a zero. Russell Westbrook is a minus 2.7. James Harden is one of the three or four most efficient offensive players in the NBA. Giannis, Steph Curry, James Harden, Kevin Durant. James Harden used 29 scoring opportunities a game. If you are trading a James Harden possession for a Russell Westbrook possession, it's the best offensive player in exchange for one of the least efficient offensive players. 
It hurts you. The other one that happens here, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, is the teams that suddenly have too many possessions. So the Rockets aren't quite in the danger zone with Westbrook, but they're close. They're suddenly up to 113 scoring opportunities a game and 129 possessions in a game. Hey, you go over 130, you have a big problem on your roster. So Clint Capella is going to have to be all right with probably losing 20% of his touches. And unless, even if Russell Westbrook loses 20% of his touches, then James Harden has to lose about 20% of his touches. You're going from Chris Paul used 16 scoring opportunities a game, predominantly running this, excuse me, 14 scoring opportunities a game, predominantly running the second team, to Russell Westbrook, who uses 23. So Westbrook uses 23 scoring opportunities a game compared to Chris Paul's 14 scoring opportunities a game, and he's way less efficient. In fact, when you plug Russell Westbrook's points gained into the Houston Rockets, they go from the number one to the number five offense in the Western Conference. But what about his assists? It's not like James Harden wasn't creating those. It's not like Chris Paul wasn't creating those. These are not as though these are scoring opportunities that needed to be created in Houston's system. Instead, it's possessions being used by a wildly inefficient player. The number one rule I have on team building is a second high-usage player who's inefficient is the worst single acquisition you can make. There is an argument at times that it, you may need a high-usage, inefficient player. If you don't have any high-usage players, Donovan Mitchell's got to be high-usage. He's inefficient. You can get by with it. Because somebody's got to use those possessions, and if he's not using them, then it's probably going to be even less efficient than what he's doing. That's where the Jazz have been until the roster moves they've changed. The Rockets have James Harden a high-usage, efficient offensive player. So the worst thing you can do to this roster is add a high-usage, inefficient player. And you didn't add an inefficient player. You added the player that had the largest negative impact on his team of any player in the NBA. I'll let that sink in for a second. When you have Carl Anthony Towns, the worst thing you can do is have Andrew Wiggins. And when you have James Harden, it's really possible that the worst thing you can do is have Russell Westbrook. Because when you had Paul George and Russell Westbrook, the worst thing you could have was Carmelo Anthony. And when you had Chris Paul and James Harden, the worst thing you could have is Carmelo Anthony. The second player, high usage, low efficiency, 
is the worst thing you can have on your roster. So I think Houston might have just got worse. I don't know that I can really believe it, but the numbers tell it to me. Track record tells it to me. My eyeballs see a guy who plays harder than anyone in the NBA, who forces his teammates to play hard, who comes with such a level of force in the game, who coaches vote on the all-star team because of the awe-inspiring performances, and yet the Thunder won 48 games last year. Maybe 49. Is it really possible that they are worse with Russell Westbrook? Financial advising is a lot like looking at this and trying to analyze what stock you want to go to, what thing, whether you want to do something like options or something of that nature. And that's what Iron Gate Global Advisors do. Spencer Nelson, former Jazz guy and Utah State Aggie, great is over at Iron Gate Global Advisors, and he tells us about one of his interesting teammates that fits better than maybe Russell Westbrook does with the Rockets. Iron Gate Global Advisors is a Salt Lake financial group that's got a unique combination of talent. Spencer Nelson, former Utah State Aggie, is now working with him. That's how I found out about him. It's probably worth noting, Spencer's not just a hoop guy. He's got an MBA, accounting and finance degrees, worked in private equity, worked in Wall Street. Super smart dude. Anyway, got two guys leading this crew. Brian, who's a former Utah State guy, longtime investment management. He's the chief investment officer. And then there's Brett, who Spencer tells us about. Brett has a very cool background, which includes an opportunity he had to work with an option shop in Chicago named Thinkorswim, which is a very well-known options trading shop in the options world. He brings that unique skill set to Iron Gate, which adds another component to Brian's active management and being able to use options as an asset class to provide protection in down markets and generate income when markets are doing well or flat. Being able to combine myself and Brett and Brian's background and skill sets provides kind of a perfect marriage that really differentiates Iron Gate Global Advisors and provides real value to our clients. Find out more about Iron Gate by calling Spencer at 888-591-0334. That's 888-591-0334. Or email Spencer at Spencer at IGGA.com. That's Spencer at IGGA.com. Anytime we're talking investing, please understand that past performance isn't indicative of future results. Also, options may not be for everyone. They have different risks. Make sure you consult a professional before doing anything with them. Do your due diligence. All right, final quick thought or two. Um, I think I've covered most everything here. I'm not sure I didn't have the Rockets as the favorite in the West before this deal. I mean, I got it. They had to get off CP3. Um, so final quick notes for you here. What is CP3's legacy going to be? I mean, in retrospect, he was the brilliant player whose personality was so divisive that he may have been the one that destroyed the Clippers. Now he goes to the Rockets after two years, stops getting along with Harden and has to get out, and I think he's about to start a vagabond career going from one place to another, buyouts and Chris Paul 
is going to have to figure out what he's willing to do as an aging player. He did not look to me in Houston as a player who was willing to take a backseat. I'll never forget when the Seattle Supersonics traded Gary Payton for Ray Allen, and somebody with the Sonics looked at me and said, you can tell me anything you want about this trade, but let me tell you what we could never have as a franchise. We couldn't have an aging Gary Payton who still thought he was a star. And that's what Chris Paul is, is an aging Chris Paul who still fundamentally believes he's a superstar. And I think forever will. And it will be interesting to see how and who he can play for and with. And then how he's remembered. His playoff track record's bad. He's got huge choke moments. And he's derailed a franchise or two. It's an interesting question to where he fits. So how do you rank the Western Conference now? And do we believe Westbrook's going to play any defense? Not something he's been great at. Is Harden going to play defense? Are they going to get along? We know who's not making the playoffs. That's Oklahoma City. And Danilo Gallinari's probably available at some point here. And probably has a pretty big impact on things. It's wild. I think Andre Iguodala got moved during the day, too, and that is now going to be like... Andre Iguodala is going to end up being on the... Got traded to the uh, Dallas Mavericks was the was the talk, and if he ends up getting traded to the Dallas Mavericks, I don't think that deal ever went through. Um, then they were talking about whether he might be able to return back to the Warriors in some convoluted manner, uh, and the other one is. It will be forever forgotten. He'll show up there and we'll be like, what? We'll see what happens. But I I think that deal was talked about a good deal during the day. As about the possibility of Iguodala going to the Mavericks. Of course, that will not be discussed anymore because this league is nuts. All right, watch the commentators. I think you'll learn a lot about who analyzes this in different ways. It'll tell you a lot about who you should keep track of. All right, that is today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're well. And I don't know when I'm back with you. I'm going to Hawaii for an actual vacation. I've been kind of just bouncing around, not going on vacation, just never being home. So I'm going back on a little bit more of a vacation. But I'll still maybe do a show. Talk to you soon. It is Locked on Jazz. Thanks for tuning in.